Hey, what's up, Amir? Not much, Adam. How are you, man? Uh, I've been sick like a dog over this past week. And hello, everyone. Welcome back to Music of Destruction. This is Season 4, Episode 3. And I have been really, really sick over this past week. And I may or may not have COVID as of right now. I'm not sure yet. But... um, But today, I'm going to be letting Amir take the reins on this episode because I can't really talk that much because of, like, how bad I feel. So, Amir, uh, who are we going to be talking about today? All right. Today, we're going to be talking about For All Those Sleeping. Now, this is a band that was only around for three albums and was only around for about six years in total. They formed when they were in high school. And I guess like at the peak of their career, they just decided they've seen enough. They've toured the world, accomplished their dreams, and they were going to call it quits. Just just over that quick, huh? Yeah. I mean, these guys easily could have put out more music. They were pretty popular. They were supporting... You know, bands like The Word Alive, What Was Me. I mean, they were they were going on some big tours. And yet, at the height of their career, they decided to, I guess, call it. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, I know that. I know band, a lot of bands do do that. But haven't really seen or known any as of late. And they've been gone for a little while now, right? Uh, I believe it's been seven years since they've officially disbanded. Seven years. I'm pretty sure they all stick together and, you know, keep in contact with each other. But they just, they don't write any music together. They don't put anything out under the band name or, you know, they're not really affiliated with that anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Mike, who mainly does the unclean vocals, for the band he did get with jared to um produce a solo track so they are still in contact with each other whether or not they'll actually return to make an album is yet to be answered though Hmm. and of the three albums that they do have i guess we'll start you know going in order so in 2010 they released their album, Cross Your Fingers. It was the first album that they had released, the full, the first full-length album they had released under a record label. They released an EP in 2008, but it wasn't really anything to write home about. You know, you know bands, whenever they release EPs, it's kind of mediocre at best, so no one really talks about it. You know, they start gaining attention, then they release the full-length album, and they start getting more attention. Okay. But this album was um, when they were under Fearless Records, and they, they, were worth, they were with Fearless Records their entire career, pretty much. And um, this was their first attempt at a full-length album. And this is the album that kind of put them on the map for a lot of people. 
um, my personal favorite on the album is I'm Not Dead Yet. I know you said you listened to Outbreak of Heartache. Uh, what's yeah, I think that was a really good track. Another good one on there is uh, Favorite Liar. This album <clears throat> was um, kind of the backbone for, for all those leaving. It gave them their uh, signature sound. And then they would go on to do uh, more work and kind of evolve their sound. But they've always stuck to their roots in a sense. Two years later in 2012, and see, that's one thing I've always liked about the band. They release albums in two-year increments. And um, in 2012, they released Outspoken, which, in my opinion, is one of their best records. Not my favorite from them, but I think if they're out of the three records they have, it's their second best. This one probably had their most popular songs on it. Um, you had songs like Once a Liar, Mark My Words, Follow My Voice, Never Trust a Dead Man. I mean, all of them were great songs on the album. And this album really put them on the map. And they started doing some collaborations, like on the, the Punk Goes Pop albums, and then some Christmas songs. And, you know, they, they started just kind of experimenting and getting their name out there. And they gained a lot of popularity by doing that. Kind of like what I Prevail did when they covered uh, Taylor Swift. It, it, they're, ironically, um, For All Those Sleeping covered a Taylor Swift song as well, and that kind of put them on the map, and they got really popular doing that. So, um, Oh, wow. 2014 was Incomplete Me. This album for me is my favorite from the band. It took on kind of a, a different approach from um, Outspoken. And it wasn't as heavy, but it it, it kind of gave the band this, this sound where they peaked. A lot of bands nowadays, when they start to go a little softer, a little bit more mainstream, they tend to go towards pop. This album was the right kind of blend of heavy and soft. Um, this album also had a lot of really like deep and personal songs, especially considering since this was their last album. And they they always talked about experiences that they faced when touring and when they weren't touring and when they were recording. They always uh, talked about that in their song, and you can see that in a, in a lot of songs like. Uh, Demons or Tomorrow, which is also called Casey's Song. It was dedicated to um, somebody in their personal life. Then you got some some more uh, personal songs like It's Not Love or even Hell or Heaven, which talks about uh, the difficulties that they face when touring and having to be away from loved ones and stuff like that. So... Uh, this album was a really personal one for them, and I, in my opinion, it's their best album easily. Very nice. And then 
in 2014, that same year that they released the album, they had put out a statement on uh, their Facebook, I believe, that they were going to be the pardon the entire thing. And um, they will be playing two more shows. And that kind of took everyone by surprise. I remember I looked up their music one day to just discover that, you know, they were gone. I looked up why. They didn't really give a reason. They just said, you know, we've seen it all. We've done it all. That's it. We want to be normal people. And, you know, we don't want to be celebrities anymore. Oh, how about that? Which is, you know, which is insane when you think about it because a lot of people would kill to tour the world and, you know, do what they did. But I guess these guys, you know, because you, you got to remember, man, this, this is where a lot of people often get things confused. You know, celebrities are, are just like us. They have, you know, yeah, they have the notoriety. Some of them have the money and whatnot. But at the end of the day, they still have friends. They still have family. They still have a personal life. You know, they can't live the Hollywood extreme partying, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff every single day. Because it's going to leave a negative impact on them. And I guess um, being on the road so much, they kind of miss the normal life they had. They formed while they were in high school. And, you know, they were all friends. They all knew each other. They had other friends. They had their own life. And so I guess, you know, that took a toll of them on them because they didn't really get to experience, like, their early 20s, I guess, doing the normal things that normal 20-year-olds would be doing. You know, they, they, uh, they were that rare example, I guess you could say. And they were missing their life back home, so they decided to essentially come home by and, and stay home by ending the band. Wow, I mean, I can't. That's it's kind of hard to think about, you know. Yeah, honest, honestly, it's, it's kind of crazy to think they they reached that decision, and I really do hope they release something in the future, even if it's just a single or maybe another Christmas song or a cover song or something but i would love to see these guys get out get out there for one more jam session you know like you know um you know over this past christmas season we just passed uh a lot of bands have actually been been releasing christmas songs from their band like escape to fate did did uh they did a christmas song i think um 10 years released uh, a silent night single for the band like a, a lot of bands have been have been releasing Christmas music, which is always really weird to see. But at the same time, I mean, I guess I don't hate it. It's just always it's just always so random. Every time I do see it, yeah, it's not something you would expect from the band. But you know, you you take music where you can get it. Yeah, that's true. Ah. So, um, is that everything you want to say about uh, for all those sleeping? 
Uh, that's pretty much all there is to say about the band, if I'm being honest with you, because they don't really have much outside of that. They don't really have. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't around for that long. Well, yeah, true. They don't really have much of a history or you know anything like that, except for the fact that they they were friends. They formed in high school, and they were around for six years. But other than that. Nothing to really write home about. They weren't in any scandals. They weren't, you know, uh, this big popular band like Slipknot or Disturbed or, you know, something like that. They were just there. They did their thing and moved on with their lives. Yeah. Alrighty then. Well, just with that, with that being out of the way now, uh, Let's go ahead and move on to this next thing that we have planned, which is, uh, as we know, last week I told you and everyone else listening my top 10 album list of albums that didn't have any bad songs, in my opinion. So this week, I feel like we should get yours. So why don't you go down your list and go, go down one by one like I did and tell me which one it is and everyone else and and why why you picked that album specifically? All right, so I tried to do what you did, in which I picked an album from each band, and I I didn't want to repeat bands pretty much. I wanted to do different band, uh, different albums to kind of get a um, more broad selection, I guess you could say, because I didn't want to stick to just one genre. And so, my first album on the list is from a band that you've come to, like, really, really like within the last year or so. And that's Avenged Sevenfold with their album Nightmare. Oh, man. Every single song on this album hits home. And this I know this album is mainly for the Rev. But man, every song of this album is just packed with emotion, whether it be anger, sadness, sorrow, regret. You can literally feel it in mass voice. And they they went all out on this record. Oh man. Hey, uh just a just a quick question, okay, before you go on with your list. Um what's your favorite uh do you have a favorite track by Avenged Sevenfold? Oh man, that's a tough one. Well, it, it's one. Of, it's I think it's the last album on Nightmare, and it's called "Save Me." That's one of my favorite songs from Event Sevenfold. It's eleven minutes long, and it's just a masterpiece. Oh man, I've really I've really grown fond, more fond of uh, of Afterlife. Afterlife is a great song, man. With a great message behind it, too. Yeah, that's... I've really grown a lot more fond of that song recently, too. And You know, I've been listening to Diamonds in the Rough again some more. Especially the uh, the solo in Afterlife. That was one of, one of his best solos, easily. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, continue. The next album on the list is from my personal favorite band, A Day to Remember, and it's their album Homesick. Homesick. This is their third record, right? 
Yes, it is. This album is the perfect mixture of heaviness, softness, punk, just everything blends together so well. This is easily their most popular album. And for good reason. This has like their most signature songs on it. If it means a lot to you, which is a softer song about a, a relationship. Uh, then they got your he- your heavy side, like uh, Mr. Highway, Thinking About the End. Then you got more of your punk songs, like uh, another song about the weekend. I mean, this album kind of has it all. Like, if you're not a big fan of uh, metal, you're not a big fan of hardcore stuff, then there's a song on there for you. You know, there's a song for everybody on this album. That that's kind of the one thing I like about this album is if you don't have to like a specific genre to get into it. Okay. Now, the next album is from a band that we've been shitting on ever since we started this podcast. But their <laughs> early, their earlier work is without a shadow of a doubt their best work. This album is Stand Up and Scream by Asking Alexandria. Oh, God. <coughs> oh, excuse me. What do you got to say about that album? You know, it's at one point from a band that we used to like at a point in time where the music that they used to make used to be really good. I absolutely agree, man. And it just goes to show you how the mighty have fallen because Stand Up and Scream was without a shadow of a doubt their best record. It will always be their best record. And there's nothing that Danny can put out that's going to ever beat that record, no matter how hard he tries. I don't care how hard he pushes the radio rock sounding bullshit down our throats. It's not going to be Stand Up and Scream. Like, dude, freaking, even their one album with Harlot sounds closer to Asking Alexandria than, than, uh, than like their, their latest records. I would honestly prefer a Harlot album over an Asking Alexandria album again. Yeah, man, do you remember how much torture listening to Like a House on Fire was? Oh, trust me, I remember. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh. And the next album is going to be from a band in which it took you almost a year to listen to their album. <laughs> I know where now, this is going. Now, it's, it's not the album you're thinking of. It's actually the album prior to that. Breaking Benjamin, Dark Before Dawn. What a fantastic album this was. You have so many classic Breaking Benjamin songs. Angels Fall, Failure, you had Ashes of Eden, Never Again. I mean, my God, man, this album was spectacular. I remember the day it came out, and I was sitting at home, and I got the notification that the album had come out. I listened to that damn album front and back countless times and there wasn't a single bad song on that damn album and surprisingly enough 
it was the first album with entirely new members besides Benjamin. And he still managed to pull off the signature breaking Benjamin sound. That just shows you that Ben is like the Ben is is the puzzle, the little the puzzle piece that holds everything together for Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear up until this point now. Regardless of whoever's in the band, regardless of member changes, lineup changes, whatever the hell. He's always gonna put out great music, and we even saw that with his uh his reimagined works of the older songs that he put out not too long ago. You talking about with uh with Aora? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All Pretty right. good choice. Now, this band I had to put on the list because we saw them in concert together. What what album number are we on right now? It's number five? We are on number five, yes. Okay. We saw this band in person. We got to meet this band. It would be a cardinal sin if I didn't include this band or this album on the list. Escape the Face, This War is Ours. Oh, man. What a brilliant fucking album from this band. The perfect mixture of heaviness, of softness, the vocals in this. Craig was just amazing. And especially the guitar. Mon- the, the Money Brothers on the guitar. Oh my god, man. The solos, the heaviness, the cashy choruses, soft songs, heavy songs. This album had everything. This album in my opinion, revolutionized the genre of post-hardcore and metalcore easily. Nobody could beat Escape the Fate when this album came out. Nobody. I could agree with that. And it will go down as Escape the Fate's greatest album to this day. I don't care. I don't care about any other album. This album, in my opinion, is their best. Moving on to number six. Bullet for My Valentine's Scream Aim Fire. That's an interesting choice. (coughs) And a lot of people might get pissed off because I picked that album over The Poison. But in my opinion, Scream Aim Fire takes the cake. Or is the, the sherry on top of the cake, so to speak. Because while The Poison was a great album, Scream Aim Fire was a huge step up. And I mean, you just had so many classics on there. You had Heart Bursting the Fire, Waking the Demon. You had Say Goodnight. You had the cover of uh, Creeping Death by Metallica on there. You had just so many great albums. I mean, so many great songs on that album. And and including the solo. That was easily his, his best uh, solo work that he's ever done with Bullet For My Valentine. Moving on to number seven. We talked about this band. We did a special on this band. 
it's it's right that we put this band in this list and it's Lincoln Park with their album Meteor. That's an interesting choice because uh my list I chose Hyper Theory. And you my, chose Meteora, that's pretty interesting. In my opinion, I think Meteora takes takes it over hybrid theory. You had Numb, which is easily one of their most popular songs, if not their most popular. You had Faint, you had Somewhere I Belong, you had Breaking the Habit. I mean, so many good songs on this album. And and, and, and it's, it's debatable on which one is their best album because I love Hybrid Theory, I love Meteora, I love Minutes to Midnight, even uh, One More Light. I mean, this, this band has an album for everybody. So while I might be Meteora, you might be Hybrid Theory, someone else could be One More Light. I mean, this this band has it all, man. All of their songs are just so great. All right, moving on to number eight. This is a band that I don't think you've ever listened to before, but I definitely recommend that you do give this album a go. It might take a few listens to get into the vocalist's voice because he does have a unique way of screaming. But it's of Mice and Men with their album, The Flood. Mm. When of Mice and Men was signed to Rise Records and when Austin and Shaylee were in the band, these guys were at the top of the, of the record label with this album, easily. The Flood was the most great like with the greatest album of that year easily i mean you had the title track of the album which was great you had songs like product of a murderer you had one of their most popular song uh my understanding even their like softest song to date which is uh damn what's the name of it oh hell i, I forgot the name of it but this this album had so many great songs on it, and his his screaming style is a little weird, but this album is heavy. It has great clean vocals. That's the strong point of this album. The clean vocals. Shaylee is a great goddamn vocalist. He can sing a fucking phone book and make it sound amazing. I'll take your word on that. And. Moving on to number nine. I think this one might be a little controversial because I know you got into this band with the release of their second album. But I'm going to pick their first album. And that's I Prevail with their album Lifelines. Oh, man. Well, I started. I, I first started hearing these guys. Uh, um, it was after Lifelines had already been out, but it was directly before... Uh, uh, it was directly before uh, their second record came out. Now, life. I picked Lifeline because it was the album that got me into the band, pretty much. You had songs like uh, Chaos, Stuck in Your Head, Obviously, the title track, Lifelines, My Heart, I Surrender, 
Alone, Scars. I mean, this this album had everything. And I remember, like, with each single they would release, I would get more and more excited for um, the album. Yeah, my favorite track from that album has got to be the title track. Oh, and let, let's not forget Worst Part of Me. Such an underrated song. Especially oh, yeah. that. Moving on to the last and final album. It's actually from a punk band or a pop punk band that I used to listen to back in middle school. The only reason this album is on the list is for nostalgia reasons. And this album is Anywhere But Here by the band Mayday Parade. Interesting. I don't think you've ever heard of these guys. I don't think you've ever listened to them. But this this album was when I was going through my depression phase, a.k.a. when I was 13, (laughs) and I thought everything was depression. (laughs) Excuse me. This album doesn't have a single bad song on it. And it's a great album to, if you want to get into, you know, the pop punk scene or whatnot. I definitely recommend this album. But as you grow older, you kind of look back on it and you're like, man, this shit was cheesy. But for nostalgia reasons, you listen to it every once in a while. And you kind of reminisce. And that's the only reason I put the album on the list. That was an interesting list you gave. A lot of diversity, huh? Yeah. I was I was honestly scared for me. I really thought you were gonna put something from Green Day on there. Why would I do that? They have like two <laughs> two good albums. And even that's pushing it. <laughs> Pretty much. You thought I was gonna put something generic, did you? Yeah, I thought you were gonna put some thousand foot crutch on there or something. Or skillet. Skillet. <laughs> Who the hell listens to Skillet? I damn sure don't. <coughs> Neither do I. Oh. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, sorry I didn't talk that much, everyone. Like I said, I'm recovering from being sick and possibly may or may not actually having COVID-19. So, uh, Amir, I want to thank you for joining again today. Glad we're social distancing right now using this record with friends. So uh, we hope you all enjoyed, and we'll see you all next week.